Hey, hey, and welcome to the With Passion Podcast. I'm your hostess, Haley Ramsey. I'm a multi-passionate wife and homeschooling mama of little. Between my husband and I, we run three businesses and have created a lifestyle that revolves around our home. As we have grown in the love of Christ, our passions have naturally seeped into everything we do. This podcast is a wholehearted, biblical approach to all things homemaking, parenthood, and intentional living, and doing it all with, of course, passion. Think of this as a conversation while our littles are playing, or we're out for ladies' night, or we invited you and your family to sit around our table eating the famous Ramsey Fam pizza recipe. We'll chat about everything, from countercultural parenting to being intentional in our home, And don't be surprised when a few unpopular opinions are mixed within the conversation. I am so glad you are here with me. Thanks for tuning in to little snippets of my life driven with passion. Hey friends, welcome back. I am solo again on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed a few weeks of important conversations about parenting and entrepreneurship homemaking, and marriage, and doing it all with, of course, passion. The last three episodes were more lifestyle conversations, real and raw conversations with my husband, and then two good friends. We covered all sorts of topics, but some overlapped, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to those, you should definitely check them out. I'm excited to hopefully hear from all of those guests again someday on the podcast and hear from others in the future. So today's topic is so dear to my heart, which I honestly say every episode, but truly this topic feels so near because I am a mama of littles who are watching me and my husband in everything we do. A quote I heard several years back, maybe even before I became a mom, and I think about it often, is children are great imitators, so give them someone great to imitate. Now, I don't know who said it, so I cannot accurately quote it, but I definitely did not come up with those words, although I know them to be true. My husband and I are in the stage of teaching everything to our kids in great depth so that they have a good understanding. We're in the stage of being asked why several times an hour. We're in the stage of diaper changes while teaching our four-year-old how to read and write. And within this life stage, one of my favorite things is to dream about the character I want my littles to someday have and how my husband and I can begin to instill and build up these characteristics starting now in the lives and hearts and minds of our children. Everyone wants the best for their kids, but what does that mean to you? Personally, and in the Ramsey home, that doesn't mean giving our kids everything, or being a yes mom, or setting no rules, or letting our kids decide what they want for dinner, or getting tangled up in the gentle parenting techniques. Those habits honestly will lead to entitlement and discontentment later in life. Those are not the habits or characteristics I want to instill in my children. Those are not the characteristics I want to someday see in the man and woman I am raising. Therefore, I don't think that's the best I can give to my kids. The best I can give to my kids is loving them, which involves guidelines and discipline, helping them figure out why God created them, their purpose in life, and then further guiding them with what to do with that purpose. Rick Warren says that our purpose always produces passion. 
So for my kids to be passionate about good things, I want them to feel purposeful and useful, especially in our home and for God's greater purpose. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I challenge you to stop listening to this one and listen to those first because they are all building on one another and I'm going to reference a few things that might not make the most sense since it's not in context. In those first two episodes, I define passion and talk about what helps us find our purpose and passion. If you're struggling with finding out your purpose and figuring that out, your purpose in life, then start there. And then work on your kids. And a little hint, your kids are one of your greatest passions and most worthy pursuits, along with your marriage and loving others. But if you know your purpose and you're living with passion, here are a few things that we do in the Ramsey house to help instill good character, specifically ones that produce passion in our young kids. We read the Bible and pray with our kids daily. We choose to learn ways that our kids relate to God. Liliana loves the power of God and it's so evident in her prayers, the songs that she likes. We tell our kids what breaks our hearts. We pray for those things and those people and serve others when we can. We are observing what makes our kids tick and cry and helping them to embody empathy. And then we're learning what our kids are good at. A lot of these are rooted in the fact that we want our kids to someday know that their identity is in the Lord and how God uniquely created our kids. If we remain steadfastly passionate about Jesus, everything we pursue in our life will overflow from that relationship. In Psalm 15, it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander and does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken." Now, I'm not setting a standard for my kids to be perfect. Jesus took care of that on the cross, and none of us are perfect, so I'm not expecting that from my kids. However, God does demand the best of us. And if you look back at the verses I just read, there's a lot about a person's character. They do the right thing. Their heart is pure. They love their neighbor and are respectful to others. They keep their word, make sacrifices for the sake of others, and they give to the needy. God cares so deeply about our character because it lasts into eternity. And our character is grown in our circumstances. We can read the Bible all we want, and that's a really good thing. But we are known to be Jesus' disciples by keeping God's commands. That means there is action to it. Our character is built from our identities. So I want my children to know that their identity stems from and is rooted in the Lord. The psalm ends with saying, whoever does these things will never be shaken. Now, that doesn't mean that if our character is good and strong, we won't ever struggle or mess up or have bad things happen to us, which goes for your children also. But it does mean that we can be confident knowing whose we are and who we are rooted in. I'm currently in a woman's Bible study through our church, and we're going through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. In certain phrases that John wrote in his letter, he uses the word technia, which translates to little children. 
but the more accurate translation of this word would be a natural genetic child of God. Our identity as a child of God is the exact same as a biological child. Our DNA is of God. Do your kids know that? Do you know that? Despite the family you grew up in, despite your marital status now, and what your family or lack thereof looks like, you are a technia of our great God. You are literally a naturally born child of God. So knowing this, that our identity literally lies in our Heavenly Father and His lineage, we have an unwavering confidence that cannot be shaken. This can be true for your kids too. A good way to measure character is by looking at the fruits of the Spirit, which are listed in Galatians 5. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These nine characteristics were embodied perfectly in Jesus, and we can measure our character and our kids' character on these attributes as well. And often, our character is created by circumstances. We become more loving when we're surrounded by people who are hard to love. We learn how to have joy amidst sorrow and pain. We learn patience and gentleness and self-control by being around little kids who decide to scream and then melt on the floor in the middle of a grocery store and proceed to flop on the ground. I now have started calling these children floppers. Every child becomes one. We've actually all been one of these floppers. And sometimes, if we're honest, we still are one of these floppers. (laughs) So if our standard is the nine characteristics that Jesus perfectly embodied, how do we produce these good fruits in ourselves and our children? How do we pass them down? We're talking about instilling passion into the next generation. But good passions are rooted in good character. I mentioned a few things we do in our home to instill good character in our kids by like reading the Bible, prayer, service to others. But I often ask myself, so I'll ask you too, are you reading your Bible daily, praying throughout your day, not just at meals, serving others regularly? Are you trying to embody love, joy, peace, and patience? Our kids are great imitators. We need to give them someone great to imitate. So remember, character is built within circumstances. So place yourself and your kids in circumstances that will produce good things because I bet it will also produce in them a passion they didn't know was there. Now I'm speaking from the perspective of having littles, both under five. So most of what I do on this topic is teaching and guiding and modeling. But what if you have older kids? Even though I'm not in the life stage, here's what I think would further this development as you are teaching and training up your child. I like to think of parenting as mother ducks with her ducklings. The mother is leading from behind while her ducklings are swimming and waddling in front of her. She always has her eye on the situation but doesn't have complete control. It's the same as our kids get older. If you have older kids who will understand the thought process, ask them the set of questions. Have them answer them for themselves in this present stage that they're in, not their future self. All right, there's six questions. Who does God say that I am? What is his greatest commandment for my life? What are some characteristics of Jesus that I too can embody? Do I know my purpose? To whom can my purpose be shown to? What am I good at? What skills do I have? How can my purpose work alongside my skills? 
I will have these listed in the blog post for this episode for you to look back on. Doing this once will have an impact, but asking your kids these questions multiple times a year would have an even bigger impact on their hearts and minds, on their view of Jesus, and their future. Every time we have a major life shift in our schedule or we move or are welcomed into a new community, our impact starts at zero. I learned this from a leadership book that I will link in the show notes. It is so good and worth reading. He talks about business and being a leader within business and within your job or role at work. But I read it thinking, wow, this totally relates to parenting. Now, the impact that we have starts at zero and it goes up to five. So there's five levels of leadership. And he said that most people don't even get past level two or three which is kind of wild thinking about how much impact we actually think that we have. And when we start at zero, it means that we are humble enough to start at the bottom with even our kids. And if we are willing to do that, they will see that humility and hopefully choose to embody it. So I honestly think in relation to parenting, a lot of parents see themselves as I have lived decades of life. I know what I'm talking about. I've been a teenager before. I've lived this. I've done it. But they miss the first few stages of leadership with their kids that are actually the foundation and the development of trust. And if your kids or anyone that you're leading can't trust you, the level and skills and the leadership and your knowledge almost means nothing. So again, I will link that book, but I honestly just, I I don't have older kids, but I can see it already with my four and a half year old that if I put on this front of, I know what I'm talking about or expect her to do certain things that I actually haven't talked to her about or taught her how to do, I have to work backwards more than if I started at zero in a way of, wow, I didn't teach her these things. She doesn't even know that I know these things, but I want to have an impact in her life. So again, without reading all of the levels and stages of leadership, we all start at zero every single time that we are in a new situation around new people and in a new community. And I really believe that that also is true for our homes. And I will link the leadership book that I was talking about um, in the show notes because it is worth reading no matter what stage of life you're in, whatever job position that you have, or however old your kids are. If we want to make an impact in our kids' lives that leaves a legacy, we need to start at the bottom. We need to humble ourselves and then our kids will see what an impact we've had and they will want the same thing. And I think as parents, we can easily get tangled up in the desire to instill our passions in our kids instead of simply instilling passion itself. It's the typical, you know, classic story of the dad wanting his kids to love and play football because he played football. But that isn't guiding or leading. We can't forget that passion is rooted in being willing to bear with someone else. 
So the greatest way we can instill passion in the next generation is through the practice of serving and teaching our kids that life isn't about them. So going back to where I started, kids are great imitators, so give them someone great to imitate. We all have the greatest person to imitate, Jesus. He walked this earth. He is our model for everything. He said that he came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. We need to model this as well, and that begins in our home. If we do as Jesus did, which is harder than words on paper, our kids will notice. And not only will our kids notice, but others will too. Our neighbors will notice. Our kids as teachers will notice. Strangers will indeed notice. So in our home, in the Ramsey house, we make it a point to do these specific things on a daily, weekly, and or monthly basis, just like Jesus did. So we pray, and not just before meals or when we need something, but throughout our days. We sing praises and we dance. We read the Bible and other books that teach us how to produce good fruit in our lives. We serve others by making meals, doing their yard work for them, or we work with a nonprofit. And we try to do this regularly, not just a once a year we're volunteering with this nonprofit. Um, we observe and remember the Sabbath, so that's a weekly thing. And then things that we do that Jesus didn't necessarily say, you need to do these things or anything, but I, I really believe that. Because of the context and time period we live in, we should almost be doing these things regularly. So we turn off our phones once a week. Usually it's on our Sabbath. We get off social media once a week. And then one week a month I get off. And then sometimes several months at a time. Um, We eat nourishing foods. We take care of our bodies. We move our bodies often. And we enjoy time in nature. I've been teaching my kids since we started homeschooling. I've been teaching them, you know, what makes or what will start your day off really well. And it's meeting with God, moving our bodies, and then nourishing our bodies. And when we do those three things in the morning, we just feel better throughout our day. So I just am talking about how to remain steadfastly passionate. And it begins with our identity. I came across this quote, and I'll put it in the show notes or at least in the blog post, but it says, it is the fire of suffering that brings forth the gold of godliness. I love that. Let me read it one more time. It is the fire of suffering that brings forth the gold of godliness. Now, I don't think, again, I don't think that suffering needs to be this painful experience in our homes and with our kids that we experience every single day. I think suffering can mean bearing with someone else. It means taking on their pain, taking on their yoke. Jesus does that for us. He says, take my yoke instead for it is light and it is easy. And we want our kids to be godly. We want to create in them that. And so when we create a passion, because remember, passion means to suffer, and we want them to be compassionate about this world, compassion means to suffer with, the fire of suffering will bring forth those good things, and those things are godly living. So I used to say that my husband and I have made really good decisions, and it's true, like we have, but... 
That's kind of what like a prideful, puffed up version of me would say. The reality is though, that we asked God for insight. He gave it to us. And we were faithful with where we were at, where he had us, with what we had, what he gave us. And he's using us in our home. And what we've been doing in our home for years now is now being used and seen in our community. It just reminds me of leadership, what I was talking about of starting at zero. We moved across the country and we had to humble ourselves enough, as in God truly humbled us in a way that he forced us to be at zero. We moved into a neighborhood where we didn't know anyone. And then we moved again into a neighborhood where we didn't know anyone. We joined a small group in our church where we knew not a soul. We didn't know any of that. But I feel like it's now taken us being in Wisconsin. So years ago, we moved from Colorado to Wisconsin. It's taken us now probably four years just about since we've moved to now be seeing the fruit of all of our hard work that we have done in trusting God and giving and asking for insight and being faithful with where we're at and with what we've been doing in our home now for years, longer than the four or five years we've been here. But now we're actually seeing the fruit of all of it in our home and the overflow into our community. So the things in our lives, they take so long to produce good fruit. And the things that I listed earlier in this podcast episode and probably in some of the previous episodes are just the beginning of figuring out how to instill passion into our kids and into the next generation. So for example, something that we've noticed in Liliana, I said it earlier, that Liliana loves the power of God. She is just like drawn to it. And I don't know where it came from or anything, but there are certain songs or stories of the Bible like David and Goliath. Like she has just always been so drawn to it. And the other morning I was reading a story from our little gospel story book and I said something about the power of God and she just like jumped onto the couch and was she's like yelled something out like I love the power and glory of God. <laughs> like it's just so innate within her being that she is drawn to and instilling passion in her looks like taking that love of hers mixed with what she is good at, which is being a good friend which is being lively and energetic and so fun and mixing the two things together. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm really, really eager for it for in the future. So it's kind of fun. After I wrote most of this episode, I asked Alexander how he instills good character and passion in our kids, and it was so sweet. He literally said, reading the Bible, praying with our kids, discipline, and modeling. And he reminded me of this quote his grandpa often said, his mom says it too, and now he started saying it, and it goes something like this, whenever you can, do something, and when necessary, use words. And Alexander, he just kept going on and on about how modeling good behavior and having good character yourself will produce good character in your kids. 
in this modeling as he was going on and I was just sitting there listening, being a proud wife that I was, his examples were our marriage, working hard, directing our kids, teaching them. He talked about discipline, but what he honestly talked about was just modeling, modeling the good character that we have worked hard and let God work in us to produce good things. So that's kind of all that I have for you. I was trying to think of a way to end this episode, but I honestly don't really have a great way to end it because I feel like I'm just in the beginning of this and I'm just at a breaking point with my kids of seeing what they're passionate about and good at is coming to fruition. So I know a lot of you are further along in your parenting journeys than myself and I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how you are personally instilling passion and good character into the next generation or into your own kids. So feel free to leave a review with your insights, with what you know, the wisdom that you can share. Message me on Instagram or comment on the blog post, anything. I would love to hear from you. I will put all of the scripture references, the questions that I asked, the leadership book that I talked about into um, the blog post, and some of it will be in the show notes. So I really look forward to hearing from you. I'm so grateful for you in this community. I hope this was inspiring and just a little fire in you that will hopefully lead to instilling more good character and deeper passion in your kids and in the next generation. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, give it some stars, and share it with a friend. I want to thank you in advance, and I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode soon.